right, here we go. This is hard to kill number eight. We got Dan Detuza. Did I say that right? Yep. There we go. First try. Let's go. So Dan is a uh, financial advisor, and he can correct me if I'm incorrect with that title for uh, Morgan Stanley, former uh, baseball player for Seton Hall, and uh, a guy that seems to be hard to kill through uh, a myriad of experiences that he shared with me off air and that Drew still has to learn about. So, uh, Dan, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of we'll dive into things. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Dan Detusa. I've uh, been in corporate America, for lack of a better term, for four going on five years, um, all with Morgan Stanley. But prior to that, um, I grew up in the world of sports, baseball, basketball, um, and uh, had an opportunity to play baseball at the college level, which we'll talk more about today. Great four years there, lifelong friends, um, love being in a team environment. And then uh, I did two years post-grad, my MBA at Seton Hall as well, and um, and then went right into the workforce. So um, born and raised in the Midwest, right outside of Chicago. So I might have a little bit Midwest in me if uh, you know, I don't have the New York accent. I'm still a, I'm a White Sox, Bears fan by heart. I'm surrounded by Giants and Jets and Eagles fans. So um it's uh it's tough to get along with them but uh we we play nice as, as much as we can tough crowd yeah no kidding um, <laughs> and then through amidst all of that you know i was one of the many who uh had to reschedule my wedding from last year so i'm set to get married in 29 days a month from yesterday um and there it better go. happen That's this year it. man we can't we can't wait any longer so it, it's got to happen it's exciting stuff. I mean, I'm newly engaged, as you know, and it's uh, our weddings next year. And like, I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I can't even imagine like you guys had everything like set in stone. And then it's like, I'll oh, wait, like, never mind. You got to wait a whole nother year, year and a half, however long it was. Right. So, yeah, I can, if you, if when the time comes, if you need advice, I can tell you what didn't work. Uh, so you could at least save yourself some headaches and some hassle on that end. But no one right way to do it. So whatever Keep you guys will do will be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Keep this content. I said, yeah, as soon as, soon as something falls off with the wedding, you're the man that's getting the call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. We'll touch base it in 20, 30 days. <laughs> Perfect. So, Dan, what uh, what initially got you into baseball? Um, Well, I'm the only left-handed uh, person in my family. So... Um, for those that know baseball, for those that don't, you'll hear a left, a left-handed baseball player is a commodity for lack of a better word. Um, so I had the ability to be able to throw and pitch with my left hand, um, and always got a lot of attention just from that. Um, and, uh, just gravitated towards playing baseball because I love, uh, being in a team sport. I was never the biggest guy or the strongest guy. Um, football wasn't for me. Um, and, you know, I, I loved being on the mound uh, and, and being in a team sport, but having a lot of individual factors go into the outcome of the game. And so, you know, I loved being on the mound when the game was on the line. I love being on the mound, having to come in and relieve a guy that struggled. Um, and I loved having to get taken off the mound to get supported by another guy coming in, knowing that I was going to be taken care of. So it was kind of a culmination of being in a team sport and having a lot of individual uh, contribution. Um, that really gravitated towards me and then vice versa. You know, I wanted to be a part of the game just because um, I just, I just grew up around it. Um, all of my, uh, like my childhood heroes that were sports, the sports players and athletes were all baseball guys. So um, 
is kind of a natural fit. For sure. And it sounds like, uh, you know, it kind of goes along with your life having a theme, which we'll kind of get into with, with what you went, uh, went through with baseball. But, you know, what you do now is you help yourself while also helping others and working with other people. You're working independently while also being a part of a team. And you could even say that the people that you hate are, are a part of your team as well. So, you know, them being successful and making good decisions helps you. And then you're also able to turn around and help them make good decisions and help themselves. So every, everything in your life is almost like conducive. And you can see that in just something as simple as the game you love to play when you were a kid. 100%. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I won't even repeat you. That was perfect. <laughs> yes. When, um, at what age, at what point in your life did you just kind of dial in on just baseball? So, did you I'm play all sports it. all through high school, and then just kind of when it came to college, you, you, that was your favorite. That's what you were best at. You kind of singled right. in on that. So, my favorite sport was basketball. Um, I'm an average size, average build guy from the Midwest. So, basketball career didn't have too too much of a future for me. I was never the most talented guy there, and even work ethic wise. Um, it, it really only got me so far in basketball. You know, I can only jump so high. I can only run so fast. I mean, as good as I thought I was at defense, like there were still guys that were just so much quicker and faster than me. And I just, I had, you know, I was able to keep up and I was, you know, I was a high school player. Um, but baseball for me, really going into my senior year of high school, like I was a very early bloomer in terms of growth and, you know, having a beard in sixth grade and everything like that and losing my hair at 27. Um, but in terms of my athletic career, I was a really late bloomer. You know, I, I wasn't on anybody's radar as, you know, a middle schooler, freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. You know, I had to work my ass off my senior year while all my buddies were already committed to schools. I was still trying to find that role and that, that opportunity in college. So uh, I bloomed really late, but uh, I, I always wanted to play basketball. Baseball was just where my career was, again, just being left-handed and, and kind of developing a little bit later. I'd say that's uh, – I mean, that's a little similar to me. I was dead set on playing football, and I wasn't I wasn't quite like the prototypical size. And, and uh, for me, I just felt like uh, where I was as a complete athlete catered more to wrestling. So, like, the, the, the love – like, the love was with, like, football. Don't get me wrong, I loved wrestling too, but – I just saw uh, like a much, uh, much better path to success with wrestling, kind of right. similar to you in baseball. Yeah, you got You have to take calculated risks in life, right? I mean, you're, you're if you bet on yourself, but it's actually in my LinkedIn banner is the only risk-free bet that you can ever make is the one you make on yourself, right? So whatever you choose, you're gonna be successful at it. Um, it's just a matter of like picking the picking the, the route you want to go. Like you're not going to let yourself fail. Drew, Gerald, you guys are in the octagon one-on-one -on -one with somebody else. You either win or you learn, right? There's no failing. And in life, you know, baseball and your career, like whatever path you choose, like you're not going to let yourself fail. Well, whether you're a founder of a startup or you're joining a team at the bottom of the totem pole, like you're going to do whatever it takes because it's sink or swim in the real world. And uh, the people that don't, you know, get swallowed up and, um, you know, sometimes they need a, a little bit of a pick me up to get back on track. But yeah, I think really great things happen when you put yourself on an island, you know, like a one, you know, a one person sport, even though you guys obviously have a big team behind you, 
baseball, you got a big team behind you. But when you're on the mound, man, it feels like the loneliest place in the world. And, uh, you know, you're not going to let yourself fail in those circumstances. So, like you said, it's it's uh, you gravitate towards what you do best. But even if you wanted to try something new, like there's no doubt in my mind that you'd be good at it and you'd do well. For sure. I feel like many times in life, if, uh, if, if you let someone else choose for you, you will get you know, chewed up and swallowed and spit out. <laughs> right. As, as, as we get older on this life journey, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm totally totally with you on that, man. Totally with you on that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, about baseball and uh, you experienced some things in that, and in my opinion, uh, things that made you a tougher and better person. So uh, walk us through uh, your high school baseball experience. Sure. And I'll preface this by saying, you know, anybody that ends up listening to this, like this is this is a real life story of perseverance and getting just knocked down nine times and being willing to stand up the tenth time. All right. This is this is not a fabricated story. I'm not going to exaggerate. I'm going to tell it how it is. But everybody can relate to this at some point. And I hope that, you know, anyone that hears this understands and realizes when they come into a situation like this in their life, as long as you keep pushing through, like you're going to end out on the other end. So. What I want to share about my career is, as I discussed with you guys briefly, super late bloomer. I wasn't on anybody's radar, even graduating or going from my junior to senior year in high school. Right, So you can start getting recruited as a college athlete, at least in baseball, July 1st before your senior year. So as soon as you finish junior year, everybody starts attacking you. Like July 1st, if you're heavily recruited, you're going to get 10 phone calls from coaches. You're going to get 50 letters in the mail. You're going to get emails wanting you to come visit campus. All right. I got zero of those. Um, so I was worried about making the varsity team. Um, so I go to tryouts, varsity, you know, like that's the biggest deal in a kid's life for a lot of kids, even on the best varsity teams around the country, you know, maybe 30% of the kids get a chance to play in college. All right. So right off the bat, 70%, like senior year is it for them. And, you know, I wanted to be part of that 30 that had an opportunity, but I needed to make the team. So I got cut from the varsity team. Uh, actually, I should say going into my junior year. So let me go back real quick. Junior year cut. Like I, I was thinking to myself, uh, like, forget college. I'm not even going to get to play high school baseball at the highest level. Um, devastated, destroyed. Like I, 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 feel myself crying when I look back on it. Like, I remember that pain and that emotion so clearly. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, like that seems small, but in the moment, that is the biggest thing in your whole life. You know, like that it's, is your you know Super Bowl. That moment, man, man that, that's your Super Bowl. That's everything. Exactly. So I was devastated, um, but I didn't give up. So I continued to play on, you know, the equivalent of like the in-house team. And, you know, I'm going to pitch one day. And we get news before the game that our varsity coach was let go or no longer coaching. I'm like, okay, like the guy that cut me is gone. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I pitch, you know, I didn't pay attention to who was in the stands or anything. Come out, game's over. I did well. And guy comes over, shakes my hand. You know, I'm the new varsity coach. I don't know what made him come to the in-house game that day, but he's like, you belong on our team. He come to find out he was a left-handed pitcher in college. We had a lot to connect on and, and, you know, work with right off the bat. But, you know, that was my defining, my first defining moment in my life where I could have called it quits, right? The other three guys that got cut junior year with me stopped playing. 
they didn't play on the in-house team. They never tried out for varsity again. Careers were over. So right there, I was one out of four. I was the 25% that got a chance to bank varsity. Junior year, stunk. I think I threw like seven innings out of a whole season, which is, is nothing, right? It's not even one full game. Um, and then again, junior year, going into senior year, not one recruit uh, recruit visit, not one piece of interest from anybody. So next defining moment, I go to college, uh, like a prospect camp and, um, I won't mention the school and it was a prospect a division one school and full two day evaluation. They put you through drills, you scrimmage the whole works. Then they send you an evaluation a week later, scale of one to 10 in, you know, your projection, your coachability, your team camaraderie, so on and so forth. Get my letter, scale of one to 10, I'm a two. So two equated to decent high school career, not an opportunity to play in college. Okay, crushed. I ripped up the paper, threw it out. My mom, of all people, pulls it out of the trash, tapes it together. She said, put it on the fridge. This is your motivation for the next year. Like wipe the tears and get back to work. So defining moment number two, like I was told I wasn't going to be able to play in college. Uh, it was my sole motivator for working as hard as I could going into my senior year. Can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. That's a, that's a very good uh, motherly move right there. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't even hear about that one that often nowadays. You know? she's, like, a, she's a superstar, man. She's a badass. She's, um, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah, she's she's everything to me, you know. And, Shout out um, to good moms. Shout out to good yeah. moms. <laughs> you know, if, if you have one, give her a hug when you hear this. But, um, yeah, it was a special moment for me because they're they're the ones that coddle you, right? They're the, they're the everything's going to yeah, be okay. Yeah. And she decided to take the everything's only going to be okay if you do something about it approach. And it, it changed my life. So defining moment number two, mom kicked me in the ass. Good to go. Good. Senior year, do yeah. well. Um, and, uh, you know, February comes around and, and I have a chance to, um, walk on basically a preferred walk on at a division one school, which, you know, over the moon now. Right. So talk about like the low of the low and the high of the high, um, long story short, I accept that I joined freshman year as a preferred walk on. And by my senior year, I was a scholarship, you know, uh, athlete on the team. So, um, I had to work my way up and earn that and get better every year. But uh, that, that is my long-winded story of adversity on the baseball field, and it's completely shaped who I am as a person. Looking back, like those seem like small things in the grand scheme of things, but in the moment, those were my everything. And um, I, I'm really surprised and impressed with my ability to continue to you know, push through those, those adverse moments. Um, I was really impressed with, with how much tougher I was than, than I thought I was in the moment. So, um, th th those are, those are my moments on the baseball field for sure. Yeah, dude, uh, you resisting, uh, the, the no factor has probably more than you think. It's probably, uh, transferred over into what you're doing now or just anywhere in life that you're going to go. Um, Stuff like that with the with with resisting that no has definitely built your character more than you think. Yeah, I appreciate that, and that's what I try and instill in other people. Is like as long as you just get back up, 
you will end up in places higher than you could have ever imagined. And it's not supposed yeah. to be philosophical or, you know, metaphoric. Like it's very literal. Um, the only person that gives up is you right in your life. So um, I'm really, I was really, really happy. I don't pat myself on the back, but I was really impressed with my ability to do that at a young age and deal with that stuff. And like you said, I had a great support system at home and being in a team sport, like your teammates lift you up and make you better. Um, so th those, those shaped my career for sure. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, it's probably definitely laid the foundation for who you are again today in, in the business world as well too, you know? Yeah, it has. There's, there's a lot of carryover, right? And you'll notice in finance and in corporate America, ton of former athletes and there's just, there's just something about them that, you know, they, they want to shake your hand and they're smiling and, um, you know, they're comfortable putting it all out there and just being vulnerable. And um, yeah, I definitely think I have those traits as well. And they've translated well, for sure, with, you know, with all of the challenges in between, but definitely some good uh, foundational stuff. For sure. How, um, how far are you out of college now? I'm four years out of grad school. Okay. I so you. I get in six years out of undergrad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Already. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. How's life been since, since baseball, since baseball, since college, how has life been? Life's been good, man. You know, the, the, some of the biggest, some days adversity to me is like, how, like I, I can't force Like the only way to get buddies to hang out nowadays is like on the golf course or a wedding. Like that's, that's Dude, been tough as hell. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody wants to hang out. Everybody's got stuff going on, but um, you know, the, it, it's been good. I miss it like crazy, but when I spoke with Gerald earlier, like I found a good team at work um, so I could stay in that team environment, people that push me and motivate me. And, um, you know, uh, I surround myself with just as much studs as I possibly can. And they, you know, uh, rising tides kind of lift all boats. So it, it definitely yeah. pushes me to uh, take take myself to, to, to new heights as well. Yeah. You're a product of your environment, man, wherever you go, dude. 100%. What is it for you that helps you identify uh, a good person, like a person that uh, is a good fit for your life and that you can see yourself uh, spending time with or, or working with more than just uh, on a required basis? Yeah, so um, the, the, best, the best thing that I ever heard in my life, um, which shaped my professional career and the way that I approach business, I was told one day I was meeting with a senior mentor, someone whose time I did not deserve at all. Um, and we get on the phone like I'm I, he gave me a half hour of his time. It turned into an hour, but it started with, hey, Dan, pleasure to meet you. I'm glad so and so introduced us. What do you want to talk about today to make the next X amount of time as valuable as possible for you? It, he didn't even care about mentioning himself, what he does sell me on anything it was just like what can we talk about today that can make you take take away something valuable from this and learn something and so i mean gerald you, you probably remember that was definitely our, the way that i started our conversation with you it's and that's how I, yeah and that's how i start business because of that and i'll never forget that in my entire life i see it tattooed on the walls and on the ceilings all day long it's just like add value to other people and so um that that's really the differentiator for me right everybody's says they want to help and maybe they have an ulterior motive maybe they don't but the people that just say listen i don't even want to talk about myself what can i do for you today what can i do to add value to your life like 
I want to spend as much time around those people as possible because I think what goes around comes around and, and, you know, they, they realize that by helping others, like they're gonna, if nothing else, they're going to have a great quality of life and they're going to be able to go to bed at the end of the night, knowing that they, you know, made somebody else's life better. So that's really the one thing for me is just people that proactively look to add value to other people. And I think it's, uh, I think that's something that's not talked about enough because as soon, as soon as you open it up, like opened up like that, I was like, all right. I'm like, I don't know this guy like at all at this point, really. Um, and I'm like, I, I, I just know that this is a good dude that I need to be talking to and, and try to work with more than just in this capacity. And me and you have talked about it in terms of like trying to, uh, I mean, you're a connector, which is awesome. You already connected me with one of our future guests, which is cool. A good friend of yours. And, uh, it, it's refreshing to see because I, I have spurts where I do that and I try to do it more often. I think my thing is, is sometimes I get a little excited and it's, it's not that, uh, I don't want to offer the value first. It's that I like jump, you know, I, I jump to like the thing that's in the front of my mind, but uh, right. I've always found personally, personally one, it, it's funny how people receive it because especially when you lead in with that, they're like, like what, like, what, like, why are you asking me if you can do something for me? And, but then they're engaging in the conversation because they're like, no one ever asked me that. And then it, uh, it always comes back around somehow. And that's not why you do it, but it's a, pretty damn good uh factor you know they, it's you, a residual someone else and yeah. then it helps so and that's so i actually started doing this obviously i i want that is like why i think i'm on this earth is to help other people as much as possible but i also think that it just completely throws somebody off their game and you flip the whole conversation before it even started all right they think they're getting a call from a financial advisor or a mental health coach or a used car salesman. They're like, all right, this guy's going to freaking sell me a bunch of crap. And then you start the conversation all with your defenses and they go, Hey, like, what can, what can I do to help you, you know, to add value to your life today? And I'm like, uh, I uh, give me a second. I never really thought about that. And it just <laughs> changes the whole conversation. And, um, it always, always, always ends up well, even if they're like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. But you're like, all right, well, tell me more about you, right? And then they're at least willing to open up because you're not intruding on their privacy and you're not invading their lives. And you end up learning a lot about people from from little questions like that. So it's a little bit of a mind game, but obviously the, the grander scheme there is like you really wanna, the more you poke and prod and the more you learn about somebody, the more that your network of lawyers and marketers and um, investors and athletes and therapists and psychologists like you'll be one phone call away from helping anybody with anything. And, um, dude, that makes you hard to kill, right? You're building a moat around your life, right? If you've yeah. got one outlet to call for everything, then you're never going to be stumped and you're never going to be caught, you know, empty handed, Like you're in a good position. So with that being said, is, uh, is that the trade that you would say makes you hard to kill? Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, my network has been a, a pretty good shield. Um, I, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by some really amazing people on the field, off the field and work and my family and relationships um, that have made me resilient and hard to kill because I've got so much more to work for than just myself. Right? It's good to know that at the end of the day, I'm never going to let myself fail. I'm never going to let myself give up. But I've got somebody really great to go home to every day. I'm not going to ruin anything that I've got going with her. Right? I've got great family on her side and my side. 
I'm going to do whatever I can to make our families look good, be healthy, live as long as they can. And I've got great relationships and friendships that I want to last a lifetime. And um, I'll do whatever I have to. I'll travel halfway across the country to make sure that I can keep in touch with these guys. And, um, you know, there's just there's no isn't in the vocabulary. Um, and uh, and I think that that's you know something that a lot of people will say about themselves. But then when you get in that situation, man, it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to snooze the alarm uh, and I'll hit the gym later or, you know, uh, you know, I've already had half the candy bar. I'm just going to finish it. Right. But being hard to kill is saying like, no, throw the other half of it out. No, get up and go to the gym because one day off the weights is one day that somebody else got better than you. Yeah, and, um, yeah. dude, once, once you do that for three weeks, it takes three weeks to build a habit, do it every day for three weeks. And you'll never have to worry about getting up early again. You'll never have to worry about eating junk and having to control yourself ever again. It's just, it's three weeks, it's three weeks of hell. And then you're done. I agree, man. That's one thing I picked up, man. Uh, no is not in your your vocabulary, man. There's uh, there's no chains, you know, uh, uh, for you. Yeah. Yep. Which is uh, yep. it's good. It's cool, man. There's a lot of people who let other people dictate their uh, their success and whatnot. And like I said, you let someone else choose, you'll probably get swallowed at some point in this world, you know. Uh, so I think that's it, and I think the other half of it is like being the first to admit that you don't know everything, right? Absolutely. As soon as as Absolutely. soon as you do that, you're and you walk into something open minded and yeah. you pick up a cold call and you're like, all right, let me hear this guy. I might have something cool. Or, you know, I actually posted something on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, um, you know, somebody asked me about interviewing advice. They had two interviews they wanted to go to and one they didn't want to. And I said, go to all three. And they said, why? So, well, that one that you don't want to go to. Yeah, everybody's going to tell you, oh, it may end up being something really cool. But what if you went into that interview? you didn't want the job. And afterwards you said, Hey, can I give you guys some advice on the interview? Like, here's why I'm not interested in the job. Here's why, here's why I think you guys could improve in the interview process. Here's what you can do to attract people like me in the future. Like, does anybody do that ever? No, but it's a free way to add value to someone that didn't even ask for it. And, um, it made you a better person too. I mean, it's just, it's little stuff like that would probably means nothing, but again, just, Take every opportunity because, you know, from there, those people that you interviewed with are going to remember you forever. And you may have just changed the whole way that a company interviews and vets people. And if they didn't ask for feedback, you gave it to them and they needed to hear it. Um, and it's little stuff like that that just makes the world, you know, a better place and just rounds out your network and just makes you reliable and, you know, just builds that moat. Yeah, and I think that, so what you're doing in that scenario, which is awesome. And I, and I wish, uh, you know, I wish this upon any of our listeners here to, or I urge them to give it a try themselves. When you um, put good out or look to elevate someone close to you, what you're doing is, is by bringing them up, you're influencing their life, which is influencing the people's lives in their life because it's, it's helping them. So the scope, the more that happens, the scope of impact gets larger and larger and larger. If we could get majority of people to operate in that way, the, you know, ideally the entire world gets better and better and better. And it's like, I had a kid in the wrestling class yesterday that just, we, he, we took a little break and he got a drink and he didn't come back to class. And we were like, Where, where'd the kid go? And I went and searched around the gym and I found him. And I was like, I was like, what are you doing, man? And he looks at me and he goes, well, 
the kid I'm not going with is a year younger than me and he's not very good at wrestling. And it's just, it's just hard for me because like I can't practice the move right. Cause he's not as good. And, but if I go with someone bigger or older and they're better than me, then I'm not going to get any better because they're going to be too good. And I was like, I was like, buddy, I was like, when you're with that kid, that's not as good as you, that is your opportunity to help, help him get better and to help him, um, like not only become a better wrestler, but to understand things a little better and maybe a better person Then that way, if you elevate his level, he can then challenge you and then it elevates yours and then he elevates you. And it's, and I just tried to explain to him that it's, it's a never ending cycle. If you help him, he's going to help you. And everyone in the wrestling room is going to get better and be better as a result of it. And, uh, you know, I tried to put it in the best little kid terms as I possibly could. Sometimes it's right. hard, to, hard to explain to a, to like a six or seven year old how that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like that's kind of how I look at life. You know, if, if I help him and he helps you and you help someone else, like the scope of everyone getting better just increases. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, little stuff like going to the drive through and just, you know, giving them an extra 10 bucks and say like, pay for the guy behind me, right? That you hear about those stories all the time. Those change people's lives. Um, it, it, it's a little stuff that, that adds up, you know, uh, one of the big things that I say is donate anonymous, anonymous, anonymously, um, right? Everybody always, you know, when you see the biggest donation and you know, the, the athletic center at the college is named after somebody, right? And yes, they do it for good reasons, but, you know, they also want the recognition that comes with it a lot of the times, not everybody. Um, but if you donate anonymously, 0% chance that you get recognition. There's a 0% chance that anybody comes to you and rewards you for that. There's no way short of you telling someone that that happens. And when you look at the biggest donation on a GoFundMe and it says anonymous, to me, I think like that's somebody that gets it. You know, like that's, that's me. Uh, I, and, and the only way that you get any satisfaction out of that is if it comes from within because nobody else even knows that you did it so um i think it takes a special person to to, to be unselfish in this world and uh that's you know that's why you got to be the connect connector and the network guy um because you know a lot of people can benefit from having those types of people in their networks or in their lives and um you know they're hard to find right For sure. absolutely for sure man you got any further questions? Um, no, not really. Actually, uh, if there's anyone that you would like to, I guess, uh, maybe let's say shout out or anything that you know would be uh, seeing you speak today when when we release this and whatnot, like go ahead and give it give this spin, man. Yeah, you know, I, th there's a lot, and um, you know, there's a lot of publicity around. Like, should you have a mentor? Or should you have a coach? Or you know, is a mentor even a good thing? Or is it a bad word? Um, yeah, I think mentors are incredibly important um they don't have to be senior right they could be someone in your circle they could be a friend of yours they could be somebody younger there's a stigma that it has to be someone who did what you want to do successfully like a mentor could just be someone that just helps push you right helps you realize your biggest potential and um for me that was definitely my college teammates um everybody in my grade you know sal kyle jose connor dj anthony tyler and alex uh, these were guys that we grinded it out together for four years. Um, a lot of late nights studying, hitting the gym, hitting the weights, uh, working out, pushing each other, you know, helping each other, you know, off the ledge when we wanted to quit. Um, they shaped my life for sure. And, uh, you know, obviously my better half Dana at home 
gives me a reason to just work my ass off at work and uh, try and spoil the family as much as I can. So um, between that, I've had a ton of senior mentors who have done stuff really well, but there's so many friends and family, uh, guys like you, right, that are just doing this, living the dream. Like You are heroes to a lot of us, right? You guys are out here doing this, and it's not easy. It's a big-time commitment. And um, you had no idea what this was going to turn into, right? Eight episodes in, like three, five years, you're going to look back at this thing and say, holy crap, like, look what we did because we were just willing to just put in time. Um, so, you know, you guys are a huge motivator to me to just make sure, like, if, if there ever comes a time where I want to make a change or do something, like, I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to make it happen. And, uh, you know, it's because of the Hard to Kill podcast and guys like you. So um, it's an absolute it's yours, man. The choice is yours. Every time. Every time. Yep. So. It's a privilege, guys. So you guys are awesome. I, I I have two new friends here and I can follow. You know, I, I'm a big me and my buddies like to watch the fights uh on ESPN, but um now I got two, you got you got another supporter in me and um you guys just gotta stay healthy and, and keep training hard and you're gonna be successful. You're gonna get as high as you can. Absolutely, man. We appreciate that, man. I know I know some of you we're gonna see cage side here in a few months. It. This motherfucker, oh, we yeah. got to get him to a fight. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> count on it. Oh, get me <laughs> to the Midwest, man. Any, any way to oh, get yeah. me to the Midwest, I want to be there. I miss home. Uh, I miss my family and friends out there. Um, but uh, no, you guys are you guys are incredible. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I promise to get you as many podcast guests in the future because uh, everybody needs to to uh, to hear their story and and we got to get your your name out there for everybody here as well because this is a special podcast and. Um, you're going to interview some really, really great people. For sure, dude. I mean, definitely. I mean, the premise is giving people the opportunity to talk who don't get the opportunity to talk, man. Um, right. So, like, there's people who've been they've been waiting their whole life to get just a second to, to hop on a podcast, you know. And um, to us, it might be just very little and just very regular, you know. It could be an everyday thing or whatnot. But for someone else, you know, like. You only you don't get it that often, you know. So it's right. cool when you, you can give the opportunity to someone who who's had a story to tell for a long time, and they just been waiting to waiting to say it themselves, and then hear themselves say it afterwards when it gets released and whatnot. You know, it does a lot yeah. for you. Yeah, that's what it's that's what it's about. And you you guys are giving everyone that platform, so um, sure. I I genuinely appreciate it. And again, anything I can ever do for you guys, you give me a shout. I'll be the first one to to jump. Hell yeah, man. We appreciate it, dude. Yeah. We appreciate it. It's it's, uh, it's very nice meeting you, dude. Likewise, guys. Good luck. Keep doing it. I'll be following. I'm subscribed. I'll be watching every episode and listening. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll get you some guests. And uh, what you guys are doing is a great thing. So thank you so much for having me. I hope uh, what I was able to share today can resonate with some people and uh, we can keep this thing going. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Dan. We All right, appreciate fellas. It. Thanks again. Thank you. Take yep. care, Dan. See, See you guys.